This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. Hi, and welcome to another Wait What? I'm Jimmy Zuma in Washington, D.C., and my friend from Arizona. I'm Victoria Steele, and uh, we've got something a little bit different this morning. We're going to do some news headlines, and then we're going to get into a few big stories, such as Jeffrey Epstein found dead in his cell from an apparent suicide, but was it? And... Who needs to get out of the Democratic presidential primary? So, but first, and quick look at headlines. What? These are basically updates of two of our earlier podcasts that you might want to listen to. Um, the one about Epstein and, and Alex Acosta and Bill Barr is one of our most popular ever. That's and right. And of course, the Democratic primary one is an important one going forward. We have another debate in a month. But, but first. Yeah, I'm uninterrupting you. <laughs> Yeah, be quiet, Jimmy. (laughs) But first, headlines. At a political event, Iowa Congressman Steve King wondered out loud, would there be any population of the world left without rape or incest? He made those remarks at the West Side Conservative Club this past Wednesday, told the group that humanity might not exist if it wasn't for rape and incest. God, what a what a moron. Uh, and then he said, quote, and I'm quoting here, I hate to say these words, but this is what he said. What if we went back through all the family trees and just pulled out those people that were products of rape or incest? Would there be any population in the world left if we did that, considering all the wars and the rapes and pillages taking place? And whatever happened to culture after society, I can't know that I can certify that I am not a part of that product. And then he was quoted earlier as saying, white nationalist, white supremacist, Western civilization, how did that language become offensive? I just want to scream. This guy just makes me cringe. Well, he'll be in Congress. Yeah, and, and, and obviously, you know, part of it may be true. The guy, I've thought for a long time that he was a victim of inbreeding or something kind of genetic defect. This guy just keeps going and going with this stuff. You know, he he started out when when he was in the Iowa Senate and he uh, introduced a bill to that uh, required schools to teach that the United States is the unchallenged greatest nation in the world. And that has derived from Christianity, free enterprise, capitalism, and Western civilization. So he was doing his racist stuff. I mean, this was back in 2002. That's right. And uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted out this week uh, that King's comment is rooted in the belief that rape is a legitimate form of sex, as is sex that is forced or coerced through subjugation and control. And she said, it's relevant that King says this while defending his anti-choice bill restricting abortion, which seeks to control anyone with the uterus. Right. And it's also rooted in longtime um, rape culture. You know, this idea that um, uh, Europe in medieval times was a place where rape and pillage happened all the time. is basically a made up construct. That's not an honest retelling of history, according to historians. And, uh, you know, that's part of the justification that 
idea was part of the justification for raping slaves. That's right. That whole rape and pillage idea was invented as part of um, retelling history, rewriting history to, to make it okay to rape slaves. Well, on to another news headline. Thank the you. The U.S. immigration chief rewrites the famous words written on the statute of, statue of Liberty. So there's a beautiful poem written by Emma Lazarus. This was a, a poet. Um, she wrote this in 1883, and it was put on a bronze plaque and placed at the base of the statue, uh, statue of Liberty. And it has greeted and welcomed immigrants for, for decades. And, and it says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So this dude, Kevin Ken Cuccinelli, acting immigration chief, said Monday, immigrants in this country legally, may no longer be eligible for green cards if they use food stamps, Medicaid, or any other public benefits. He twisted Emma Lazarus's famous words on that bronze plaque. On NPR, Rachel Martin um, on the, the morning edition was right. interviewing him on this subject, and, and this just all blew up. And she said, would you also agree that Emma Lazarus's words etched on the Statue of Liberty, give me your tired, give me your poor, are also part of the American ethos. And he said, quote, they certainly are. Give me your tired and poor who can stand on their own two feet and who will not become a public charge. That's not what that says. And then former U.S. It's the opposite of what it says. Right. Former U.S. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright said of Cuccinelli's comments, I think the Statue of Liberty is weeping. I agree. I do too. And, you know, I got to tell you on background for this story, we've all known Cuccinelli for a very long time here on the East Coast, um, where he's known as the Cooch. And um, he goes way back. You know, he originally came on the scene because he was a professor who was at George Mason University in a seat that was funded by the Koch brothers in exchange for them being able to decide who the professor would be. So they basically funded inserting him at George Mason University Business School. And he's advocated for getting rid of birthright citizenship. Um, you know, he was the first attorney general to sue over the Affordable Care Act. He has a long history of uh, bad acts, you know. And, and Trump made him his acting director because that's his way of skipping the confirmation process. You make right. some acting director, they don't have to be confirmed by the Senate. And so Cuccinelli has no experience in, 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 in the Labor Department or in, in immigration, rather. And there he is. There and he Mitch, is. Mitch McConnell had already told him that he shouldn't try and get Cuccinelli confirmed for any position that requires Senate confirmation. It wouldn't happen. So it can just be, how long can he just be an acting director? I think it's a year, but that's a lot longer wow. than people usually last and the Trump administration anyway, so it's not a <laughs> problem for him. Uh, you know, when, when he was in Virginia, and well, he tried to pass legislation that would allow people to uh, fire people who wouldn't speak English, and then further, that those people who didn't were fired for the crime of not speaking English couldn't collect unemployment. I mean, this guy has a long history of He's vicious. Uh, this, this kind of Western civilization, white 
supremacist kind of talk. You know, he said later, after he made that comment on NPR, he said later in the night in another interview on a conservative outlet that that only the Statue of Liberty and that that poem, that sonnet, only referred to people coming from Europe. That's right. White people. Which he's perfectly okay with, which is, of course, you know, this this whole white people. Yeah. This white nationalist thing. So if your blood is not boiling already, the ACLU tweeted out this week that the Department of Labor is proposing a rule to let government contractors fire any workers who are LGBTQ or pregnant and unmarried based on the employer's religious views. ACLU says this is taxpayer-funded discrimination in the, in the name of religion, period. So we're going to let the lawsuits begin on that one. That's- yeah, that, that one will uh, make it to the Supreme Court. In this Supreme Court, you don't know what's going to happen. That's They've right. already um, ratified mm-hmm. some ridiculous decisions about people's right to refuse things on religious grounds. You know, uh, uh, pharmacists' right to refuse giving birth control. And, you know, it's it's a silly season in this country with these, you know, these anti-woman white nationalists in the seat of power in the White House. And, and I think that's why Trump's poll numbers are so low. If you're not white and you're not male and you're not Christian, forget it. They're you're coming not American. That's what they're the message they're saying. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And so this one, I can make up for all of those three depressing stories with my <laughs> last story, because this will make you smile. More than 80,000 people have signed a petition to have the street outside Trump Tower in New York named after Obama. Now, if successful, Trump Tower's new Manhattan address will be 725 President Barack H. Obama Avenue. Yes. I love that. I love that. You know, that's a, that, a it's one of those great uh, gotchas that essentially has little chance of actually happening. But Aww. I'd like to see this position. Yeah. Well, only because in New York, to have a street named after you, you have to be dead. They can change that. Then they, they would have they to change dead. that rule. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm for it. I'm for it. I would change that rule in a, in a heartbeat to make this happen. <laughs> All right. So you wanted to talk today about uh, sort of an update on the Epstein story. So we, you know, he was found dead in his jail cell last week. And uh, looks like the the two guards that were assigned to watch Jeffrey Epstein and um, the night he died, apparently of suicide. Apparently, they fell asleep during their their shift and they failed to check on him for about three hours. One wasn't even a prison guard. It was somebody who was assigned to that post uh, temporarily. So um, we may never know what happened. Well, what does the autopsy say? Well, I, I, that's the interesting thing that, you know, Bill Barr has already pre-budding the news that we might find out about this by saying the, the autopsy points to, to suicide. Well, the autopsy hasn't been finalized or released yet. He said that, I think, before the autopsy was conducted. So why is he doing that? This is reminiscent of what he did for the for about uh, the Mueller testimony. Yeah, can I just suggest that Bill Barr, whose father hired Epstein, who had no experience, to teach at a, a college where he had 
plenty of access to young, you know, college students um, (laughs) that maybe he's got something to hide here. I, you know, and, and we were joking when we were talking about doing this, this story today, we were talking about the Epstein bar virus, which is (laughs) mono, mono, mononucleosis, otherwise known as the kissing disease. Right. It's just too crazy. Yeah. And that, and that job he hired Epstein for was uh, actually at a prep school a college prep school. So it was high oh. schools, high school girls. Oh, uh, Epstein had no educational credentials for that, leading me to speculate that perhaps Bill Barr's father was Epstein's first blackmail subject. I, I can't say victim because he would have been blackmailing him for improper contact with underage girls, I assume. Um yeah. Because that's what how uh, Epstein operated. He would blackmail people and uh, get money from them. They would give him jobs or give him money as part of the blackmail scheme. That's how he established himself. We now know, and maybe Bill Barr's father was his first one because Bill Barr's father gave him a job he was neither qualified for nor uh, likely to succeed at. The one thing that was good about it is it gave him access to teenage girls. Now, subsequently, he didn't last long there because everybody else at the school noticed he was um, making inappropriate advances to these teenage girls way back then. And that was back in the 70s where, you know, free love was just, you know, sort of a cultural phenomenon. But, uh, and, and even then... Epstein creepy. was seen as an anomaly, yeah. as weird. Not as fit to be around teenage girls. The top. And that was his first real job. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking? Uh, with, with Epstein now dead, um, whether it was suicide or murder, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not buying the suicide thing. I'm just not. Um, I think well, too many people wanted this. Yeah, and you death. have to, with so many and, billionaires involved, you can't know. Because any one of them could have bought this outcome, yeah. any single one of them. And there may have been hundreds of billionaires mm-hmm. or dozens of billionaires. I, you know, there were certainly enough that any one of them, uh, including Donald Trump, could have bought this outcome. So now there's this socialite that was Epstein's gal pal um, who would. Uh, yeah, I can't even say her first name, but Maxwell is her last name. Maxwell. So Ms. Maxwell, um, this rich socialite, was reportedly grooming girls, even at Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort, grooming young girls and telling them how (laughs) how to give pleasure to men, starting with um, Epstein. And then he would rape them and Right. And, and Maxwell, to talk to you about how crazy Maxwell was, she was doing this because she thought it would get Epstein to marry her. That was her reason for doing it, that if she did enough for him, he would marry her. That's uh, yeah, that's really crazy town. And, and let's talk town. more about the autopsy, because the autopsy revealed a, an, an anomaly, an unusual factor, and that's that the hyoid bone was broken in Jeffrey Epstein. And that's not impossible for hanging, but it's much more likely for strangulation. So we're going to hear a lot more about this. Now, remember that even today, after all this time, the autopsy is not complete. That's right. And we're still waiting on what the doctor doing the autopsy calls other information. We don't know what that is, toxicology or 
investigative information or the results of other uh, bone studies. We don't know that, but we know that the it, autopsy is still not complete well over a week after Bill Barr said it was suicide. So on to another topic, if you're ready to move. Um, the Democratic presidential field seems to be shrinking a bit. <laughs> well, it's about time. Yeah, been, thank I've, God. I've been <laughs> sick of this. As, you know, as we said on our on our subject about the last on our show about the last debates, as we said, we can't even keep all these people straight, and it's uh, it's just impossible right. impossible to keep everyone straight. Uh, well, so who's jumped out now? Well, everybody officially left. Yeah, the latest is um, Hickenlooper? Hickenlooper. John Hickenlooper is out. Just as of yesterday. As Just of last as night. of yesterday. And um, um, he's the he, former Colorado governor. I heard, you know, that I, some of the things I was reading and, and hearing were that, that Hickenlooper was staying in. He wasn't going to run for Senate like everybody wanted him to run for Senate. In fact, there was an op-ed over last weekend, um, the Houston Chronicle editorial board wrote of Beto O'Rourke telling him, um, so Beto, if you're listening, come home, drop out of the race for president, come back to Texas to run for senator. The chances of winning the race you are now in are vanishingly small and Texas needs you. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Beto O'Rourke to run for Senate, but I think that is also there for Hickenlooper. And I was told that, you know, people are saying, look, you want to get, you want to get, um, McConnell, Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, out of power, you got to run for Senate. And you right, can right. And that's the plan. That's the plan. He didn't want to announce both things at the same time, but that is the right. plan. And I would say about Beto O'Rourke, do something good for the good people of the United States by running for an office you can win, not an office you can't win. That's right. That's right. And and like the like the Chronicle in Houston says, Texas needs you. I think that's true. I think that is so true. Who else do you think should just jump off that stage? Well, that's what I was going to say. Let's play, uh, you know, jump off roulette and see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so somebody John else. Hickenlooper was my top choice. He's out. Okay. I think Seth Moulton is another one who needs to get out. His campaign really? has never caught fire at all. Okay, wait, Seth Moulton, he is, where, where is he from? Shoot, I, can't, I don't, he's, I don't, he's know, I don't even know anything about from, him because he's not a player. You know, yeah. I don't follow him because Nobody he's knows him. Yeah. Now, Eric Swalwell, he already got out, right? Uh, yes, Swalwell he's is out. Hickenlooper is out. He yeah. dropped out. Said Everybody he's else is saying they're, say, they're staying in. But let's talk about somebody else, a couple of other people. Uh, Michael Bennett needs to get out. His campaign is going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill de Blasio needs to get out. I don't know what he was thinking. You know, He's not only not a viable candidate for president of the United States, as is no New York City mayor has ever been a viable candidate for the United States. And, and nobody's talking about Delaney. Right. Delaney's, a, a, you know, another dead <laughs> <just> one. <laughs> That's not nice. I'm sorry. I'm not being nice. I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm expected to be nice, but screw that. I just think when I watch him on television, on, on the debates, I was like, who is this dude? How the heck did he get there? And will he please stop talking? He's right. Just, it just bugs me. 
But let's get to more to people we know. I mean, I think okay. obviously Beto, we talked about him. Uh, Tim Ryan needs to get out. Here's the, the, the highest performer that I think needs to get out. Uh, and I like her, Kirsten oh. Gillibrand. No. Kirsten no. Gillibrand needs to be that? the first why? woman to drop out because she's not going to win. That's why. She's, she's interfering no. with the winners. But she uh, is so damn good. So she's got to do something really good. And maybe just being reelected to the Senate is really good. Yeah. Because Kristen Gillibrand is is amazing. I love her. But you're right. She's not going to be president. She's not going to be president. Amy Klobuchar is not going to be president. No, she's not. Um, she's, she's just not right for the times. She's a wonderful person with good politics, and she's got a good heart, but she's not right for times when we need a fighter, a warrior. Hey, do you notice that a lot of these folks that are being discussed in our conversation and some of the others about them getting out are the more moderates? Right. Right. That's not what people want now. People want um, somebody who will not work across the aisle. They want somebody to defeat the aisle. That's we right. want somebody to defeat those other people. We're not trying to get racists to join our party. We're not trying to compromise Mm-mm. with racists or, or other kinds of bigots or people who are anti-immigration or people who are even okay with jailing and kidnapping children. That's okay. not today's Democratic Party. I'm going to get up on my soapbox for just a minute. Jimmy, one of the words that bothers me the most these days is bipartisanship. Yes, we have to reach agreement. Yes, we have to reach consensus. And we have to get along and we have to have civility. I'm all for all of that. But as a state senator, I have watched as this plea for bipartisanship means those of us on the left have to go more and more to the center and we have to reach across and 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 even compromise on our strongest values just to get something done. And then they grab hold of our hands and yank us across that line. And I am not willing to be yanked. I'm not willing to move the center line further to the right. This is far enough. We're done. You can't even be a blue dog Democrat, a center right Democrat, and get anything done today. That's right. Joe Manchin, who is as Republican as any Democrat, um, can't get anything done today. He can't get a background check bill passed, uh, even though he's bucking his state to to yeah. do it. Uh, it's just not these are these are not times when you can compromise. We have to defeat evil. It's time to fight. Yeah, and, uh, and I, 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 I I'm sure there are more of us than there are them. We just have to get to the polls. Well, so who else? We, we're, we're running out of time. We, we just want yeah. this to be a, a brief, tight show, and, and we've still got so many more people to talk about. Right. I, you know, did we talk about Steve Bullock? Yeah, a little bit. As, Go who ahead. Knows? Keep, who keep knows going. Steve Bullock, you know? Who knows Steve Bullock? Who knows Tim Ryan? We don't know anything about these people oh, because they are not, uh, they don't have any chance of being president. I'm, I'm right. a I'm a race watcher. And if I don't know about them, it's because they're not doing anything because I take the time to learn about everybody, um, you know, and who, who has a chance of winning. And these people are all generic white guys to me. All the generic white guys who are polling in single digits, who are polling one or maybe 2% uh, need to get out right now. And, and the, the governor of Washington, Jay Ensley, right. 
is a great guy. I don't really think he's planning to be president. I think he wants to get up there and talk about climate change. That's right. his big thing. And and I think he is doing that. But I think he needs to run for re-election and um, continue to bring noise to this subject. Well, that would be the best thing for him to do to, to be re-elected. But I think he wants to be, uh, you know, EPA secretary or something like that. He's running to run up a uh, uh, an environmental constituency at a time when you could do that mm-hmm. and use that constituency to trade it for a cabinet post. Now uh, that's somebody else that I think political should political strategy. Out. Somebody that I think should get out who's also running for a cabinet position and not president is Tulsi Gabbard. She mm-hmm. wants to get a military type of appointment and uh, you know she seems to be a one issue candidate. So yeah. let's let's do that. Let's get her into office and and have her do something else. Yeah, but, Tul- um, Tulsi Gabbard has a stain um, that she can't outlive in the Democratic Party, which is that she participated in an attempt to have a coup of the party during an election, right. uh, along with Bernie Sanders. No one That's really has given her the time of day since that happened. Right. Um, no one would uh, confirm her for a, I don't think any Democrat would confirm her for any post that requires Senate confirmation because of that, because of the way she chose to do um, a disloyal thing when she was a party official. She yeah. was, you know, uh, so so she's not going to win. Uh, she's also not going to be confirmed as Secretary of Defense because there's enough uh, writing about her that says she doesn't believe that she says she doesn't believe in war. Well. Great, I appreciate that sentiment, but that's not who you want for Secretary of Defense when the United, when the nation is attacked. Right. So we're looking at okay. So um, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett can jump off that stage. Um, Hickenlooper's already gone. Montana Governor Steve Bullock, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Kristen Gillib Gillibrand. Oh man, I love her. But yes, she's terrific. She's not going, she, she's just interfering. In, in a good race, right. um, which she can't win. Um, Beta O'Rourke, run for senator, man. You've got to do this. Let's let's just. He will win. He will win that senator if he senator. runs this time. Will he be going up against Ted Cruz? Uh, I don't think Ted Cruz is. Yeah, Ted. That's exactly right. He'll be running against Ted Cruz, oh, and yeah, Ted Cruz yeah. beat him by this. a very few number of votes. I think less than ten thousand votes last time. He's going to um, do this. When uh, there's a change election, which we are having, he could easily defeat Ted Cruz. Okay. You know, so, Ted Cruz is another one of those nut bar anti-immigrant people who is an immigrant himself. You know, they're one of the kings of hip- hypocrisy in, in the Republican Party. He could be beaten. And so de, de Blasio, you know, from what I'm hearing, even New Yorkers don't like this dude. Well, New Yorkers not only don't like him, and they don't like that he's running for president and nobody like in the heartland <laughs> is going to elect somebody who's a New York mayor. New York city is the, like the devil zone to them. They're yeah. just not going to vote for somebody who's a New York mayor. So by dint of his current position, he has no chance of winning the presidency. And yeah. Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer, you know, I like Tom Steyer. I think Tom Steyer is better at being a rich guy than he is at being a presidential candidate. I think he can get a lot done being a rich guy that uses his money to advocate on really important issues like right. climate change. And what he's trying to play is the both parties are corrupt issue. That's why I'm running as an independent. Mm. There's a constituency for that. It belongs to Bernie Sanders. Right. 
Right. That that 20% of Democrats um, are firmly in Bernie Sanders' court. And it will never go above that. The both parties are bad argument will never go. Bernie will never go higher than that 20%. So let's wrap it up for today. I think we talked enough about these, you know, nice guy, nice woman losers that who need to step aside and let the, let the campaign commence. Uh, I do want to say we're now on 13, uh, places to listen. And I, and I like to tell you, you know, we're on anchor, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, we're on breaker, we're on Castbox, overcast, pocket casts, uh, <laughs> radio public. Um, the, there's one that starts with an S that I can't remember. Spreaker, Spreaker, Stitcher. We're on tune in. And the newest member of the wait, what family is iHeartRadio. Yay! That's a big one. Yeah, so we're on the same um, distribution as all the biggest uh, radio shows in the country. So very happy about that. I'm not going to work on this anymore because that's enough. If you can't listen to us on one of those. You can't find us. You're not trying. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to try. Just uh, search for Zuma and Steel on any podcast app that you've ever heard of. Yeah, so remember, we are, wait, what? Politics with Zuma and Steel. Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the Zop topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.